Hi there. I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 107. And today, I want to talk about how unschooling is for everyone. Anyone can be an unschooler. Perhaps everybody should unschool. Also, I have a few unfinished unschooling thoughts about connection. Why we get such a buzz out of getting likes from such places as Facebook. I'm sitting here early on Thursday morning. All my children are still getting ready for the day. I've snuck off to my bedroom, to my setup, my computer, my mic, and I'm hoping to get this podcast recorded before the day starts properly. Yes, I'm trying something new, trying to find that perfect spot where I can record a podcast each week. Now, I have a lot of notes in front of me. I had a wonderful conversation with my daughter Imogen yesterday. We were traveling together to pick up Sophie, my 16-year-old daughter, from work. It's quite a long drive, maybe 45 minutes, and that gave us an excellent opportunity to mull over a few thoughts. We actually got to Sophie's Cafe about an hour early. We ordered lunch and then we got our computers out and we did some work while we were waiting for Sophie to finish. And during that time, I made lots of notes of the conversation that Imogen and I had while we were traveling along. Yes, notes that I hope will form today's podcast. I was telling Imogen about a comment I had on my blog on the last podcast post. That was episode 106, Changes. A reader of my blog and a listener of my podcast, Nicole, took the time to stop by my blog and leave me a beautiful comment. And she said that she's been reading my blog since 2012. That's quite a long time. And this was her first comment, the first time that she'd introduced herself. And she said that she enjoys my blog even though she is not unschooling. She doesn't have children. She's not even married. And this made me think that my posts and podcasts, at least some of them, appeal to a wider audience than just homeschoolers or unschoolers. Another person who used to read my blog, who didn't have younger children, who wasn't unschooling children, all her children were grown up, I was Nancy. She used to read my blog faithfully and leave me lots of encouraging comments. She used to really make me feel that I was making a difference. I said that Nancy was a reader of my blog. Yes, Nancy died, or maybe two weeks ago. I'm not sure of the exact date. I heard about her death from a close mutual friend. The news caused me a lot of pain. Because Nancy was a very beautiful person and I will miss her very much, even though I never met her in real life. Online friends can be real friends, despite what some people say. And I will miss Nancy very, very much. Now Nancy had two blogs and they are both still online. One is The Cloistered Heart and the other The Bread Box Letters. Nancy has left a wonderful legacy She will be affecting other people's lives for a long time yet, even though she's no longer here. So I was thinking about both Nicole 
and Nancy over the week. How we all have a mission in life. How we all have some valuable job to do. And Nancy did hers to perfection. And how maybe I still have a job online to do, despite the fact that I've said that I'm moving away from unschooling and that I'm no longer going to be writing unschooling blog posts. Yes, I did say that I'm going to be continuing podcasting for a, a while yet. But eventually I won't be. I'll be moving on. But where will I be moving to? I said last week that wherever I go, I will be taking unschooling with me in some way. Because unschooling is who I am. It's the way I live my life. It will be impossible to leave it behind. I'll also be taking along my family. Because even though I'm an individual person that I am separate from each of the members of my family. I, my identity is still wrapped up in them. My family is helping me become the person that I am meant to be. They are helping me fulfill my mission in life. I need my family and they will influence whatever I do in life. But what am I going to be doing? Yes, I've been pondering this thought for a few weeks now. And the other day I had a sort of a small inkling, you know, a small idea that might develop into a bigger idea. It might not, but it was very interesting to mull this idea over with Imogen in the car yesterday. Nicole said that she is not an unschooler, that she's not a mother, that she's not even a wife, but she likes reading my unschooling posts. Obviously, unschooling appeals to more than just the homeschooling community. Unschooling is life. And I've been thinking about how maybe everybody can unschool. Maybe everybody should unschool. So this is what I want to talk about first. You might know that I've deleted my Facebook account. Also, as I said, I'm not writing unschooling blog posts anymore. Oh, well, that's not quite true. I think I will be writing one here and there as I finish up, tie up all the listens with my blog because I do have a few unfinished posts that I would like to finish and publish. But on the whole, on the surface of it, it looks like I've got a lot more free time than I did a month ago. What am I going to do with that free time? Well, I've been spending more time with my daughter, Gemma Rose, who's 13. But yes, once I get myself organized, I should have more free time. More time for myself. Hey, what will I do with it? Will I say, hey, I've given enough to the unschooling community. It's time for me. I'm going to sit back and enjoy myself, unschool my own children, and then I'm going to spend the rest of my time doing things that I want to do. Things just for me. I might read some books, take more photos, learn how to use my camera properly, learn how to use Photoshop and Lightroom, just relax and take it easy during the hours that I'm not actually spending with my family. Well, I like those ideas. I do want to read more books, and I have been doing that, and I think that's a good thing to do. Also, I do want to take more photos and improve my photography. That's one of my passions, one that I share with my daughter Sophie. So I think those things are good to do. But is that enough? Well, I think that they would be enough for a short time. I think we all need time where we do see to ourselves and our needs. We all need quiet times. 
times where we can rest and gather our energies again. But then we need to go out there again, have some kind of challenge, some mission to accomplish. We often talk about how kids have talents and how a parent's role is to encourage them to develop and use those talents, to value them, to accept our kids as they are for who they are with all those talents, whether we uh, connect with those talents or not, whether we can see a future for those talents. We let our kids be the people they are meant to be, yet encourage them to become those people. Because becoming the people that we are meant to be, I think, is a lifetime job, yet it doesn't happen overnight. Each of our kids has a mission in life. Maybe that mission is wrapped up in their talents, the talents that they have been given. Yes, they should use them. And not just use them for themselves. I think that we should use talents for ourselves because we get a lot of pleasure out of that. But we should use our talents in a way that we can share them with other people. Affect other people's lives through our talents. Now we might do this in a big way or a small way. It doesn't really matter. Yes, I was talking about our kids. But adults, do we apply the same principles to ourselves? Do we think about what our talents are? Or who we are meant to be as people? And what our mission in life is? Of course, at certain stages of our lives, our missions are very visible. We don't have to go searching for them. Our mission might be to have our children, to look after them, to care for them, to be a good example, to unschool them. And I'm sure most of us are doing that right at this minute. But most of us get to the stage where we can take on something extra. That's where I am. My children don't need me 100% of the time. I need something else to do. And that something else needs to be something valuable, something that I can share with other people. Now, I don't have to be famous, I don't have to affect a lot of people, but I think I do have to reach out beyond my own family circle. At times, I just want to be invisible, just do things quietly with my own family, do nothing that is very valuable at all. I remember once saying that I felt like becoming a professional Netflix watcher. I felt a bit lost maybe a few months ago. What was I supposed to be doing? And I decided that I would watch Netflix. I got through every season of Downton Abbey in a very short time. And yes, I enjoyed doing that. But a day did come when I thought, no more Netflix, no more miniseries. I'm ready to do something else. My quiet time was over. Well, I'm having a quiet time at the moment. I'm hoping for some answers. I want something useful to do. Something that extends beyond my own family's unschooling. Because as much as I want to be involved a lot with my children's lives, they don't really need me as much as they did a while ago. And my children say to me, Mom, you need something of your own to do. And they are right. I can't be hanging about on the fringes of their activities all the time. Not that they're not welcoming, because they are. I get involved in their music videos. 
They're quite happy for me to take the photos. I have a valuable role still to play in their lives, especially in Gemma Rose's. I'm, as I said, spending a lot of time with her. But yes, that's not enough. I have to do something of my own. I have talents, and they've got to be used. And I'd like to use those talents to help other people, whether it's in a big way or a small way. So I've been thinking about my talents. What are they? Well, I don't think that I'm going to be sewing or knitting. I don't think my mission is wrapped up in some sort of handicraft. I want to tell you a little story. Now you might know that our sixth child is called Thomas. And that he only lived for a day. Now after he died, he was taken away by the nurses. He was dressed wrapped in a quilt, and then he was returned to us so that we could spend as much time as we liked with him, get to know him a bit, because for the 28 hours of his life, he was connected to a life support system. So we weren't able to hold him and look at him properly. We couldn't see his little face properly because he had tubes up his nose and Oh, he was just connected to so much equipment, it was impossible to see him properly. I wasn't even allowed to touch him, because I was told that any sort of touch would be a stress to him. It's hard to imagine that a mother's touch is stressful. That was hard to accept, but I had to accept that if I was to visit him in the neonatal intensive care unit. So all I was able to do for his short life was stand close to him. I could whisper to him, but that was all I was able to do. And then, as I said, after he died, he was taken away, dressed, and brought back to us, and I was able to hold him for the very first time. Anyway, he was wrapped in this beautiful quilt. I didn't at the time wonder where it had come from, but apparently there is a group of ladies associated with the hospital with the neonatal intensive care unit who make quilts and they knit booties and they make clothes like nighties for all the children in the neonatal intensive care unit and that was such a gift to have somebody make clothes hand make clothes for my baby who didn't live for very long so sewing and knitting can be a mission that quilt affected me in a very profound way really touched my heart. Those women are doing a magnificent job of sharing their skills with other people, reaching out and helping and changing lives. But that's not for me. I sew, I knit, but the sort of sewing and knitting I do would never affect other people's lives. I get distracted too easily. I can't even finish a cardigan for my own daughter. So that's not my mission. So what is my next mission after blogging about unschooling? Do I have any other talents other than those wrapped up in my podcast and my blog and my video making? Can I use those talents for a new purpose? Do I change my mind about moving on and just say, hey, I'm going to stick with unschooling after all. I can see that I'm helping people. I think that this is where God wants me to be. I will put aside those feelings of wanting to move on and just continue because I know there are people out there who need to hear about unschooling. 
or do I write about unschooling from a different point of view? This is the idea that I had a glimmer of yesterday afternoon. Do I write about unschooling from an adult point of view? Should all adults be thinking about unschooling themselves? Now most of us go to school, we go through the system. We might survive school. Then we get a job, a sensible job maybe. We work hard. Families are supported, the years go by. People look forward to retiring. They look forward to spending their days and their money on themselves. They plan a few trips. They think, once I retire, once I no longer have to go to work, once I get rid of that stress, I'm going to start my own life. I'm going to enjoy myself, do all those things that I never was able to do because I was so busy working. And I wonder, is this the best way to live our lives? What if we were encouraged to follow our dreams, use our talents right now? Why wait till later on? Shouldn't we be doing that now? Shouldn't we as adults be discovering ourselves and following our dreams, just like our children? In order to do that, we have to put aside a few things. Maybe people have told us, you're not good at this, you're not good at that. You need to be sensible. You're too old to follow your dreams. Maybe we have to stop listening to our own worries about, I've got a family to look after. Yes, we do have families to look after, and they are our number one priority. But also, as I said earlier, we all go to the stage where we do have a little bit of time for ourselves. Even if we have to go to work, Maybe there are hours at the weekends or in the evenings which we can spend developing and using our talents. All of us, I think, have to keep learning. We have to keep sharing. We all have to do something that affects the world. We all have to fulfill our missions. So I'm wondering, what are your dreams? What do you wish that you could do? Have you always wanted to do something, but other things have got in the way of it? Perhaps you're thinking, when my kids are grown up, I would like to do. Or, if I had a few spare hours each week, I would like to do this or that. Maybe you say, I would like to do it, but no, it won't happen. I'm not good enough. Yes, I think it's scary following our dreams, choosing another pathway, we wonder, what if we're not successful? What will other people say? People have said, I'm no good at doing that. Why should I bother? Well, I'm saying, perhaps we ought to think about those things. We have to keep learning all our lives. We have to keep growing, becoming the people we are meant to be. We have to be an example of learning for our own children. This is important, even if most of our time is spent looking after our children, seeing to their education and their upbringing. We have to be a good example of learning for our kids. And it's fun. It's fun to share ideas, to share our learning, to discuss things. When we learn together, we build connections, we strengthen family bonds. We get an insight into what our kids are doing, what the learning process is. Talking of the learning process, 
We all know the best ways adults learn, and our own schooling children do learn in similar ways to adults. We follow a passion. We look for resources. We go from one thing to another. We might choose to do a formal course. We research. We discuss things. We put ideas into action, and we all learn. And sometimes I wonder why don't we let our kids learn like adults? I mean, unschoolers too. But on the whole, why are we too afraid to let our kids learn like adults when we know from personal experience that this is the most effective way of learning? Why must they get through the school years before they're set free and can do some real learning? Some valuable learning. Follow their interests and their passions. Objections to following our passions, for thinking about our own talents, for following our own dreams. I've already mentioned a few of these. I tend to talk around a subject, go back and forth. But anyway, my husband Andy had a dream, but he always said, "I have a family to support. I can't just go off and follow that dream." I have kids to look after. My role in life is to provide money, so that my family can live. It doesn't matter that I'm doing a boring job. It doesn't matter that I have to put aside my own passions and interests. This is what I have to do, and I really admire anybody who does that, who puts their family before themselves. But I did notice that in his spare time, my husband used to relax by doing some drawing. He'd sing. He did have a few hobbies that made his weeks more enjoyable. But really, he needed a big change, and I think he was too scared to change to go along another pathway. He always wanted to be a school teacher, but he never did his teacher training after he finished university. We got married as soon as we both had finished our university degrees. He was a husband with a wife to support. He got a job as soon as he could, any job. He got his first job to support me. I was looking for a job as well, but he got one first, and that set him along this particular pathway. He got into sales and marketing, which wasn't his interest at all. He did his job very well. He learnt lots of things, lots and lots of skills. He became a valuable employee, but it wasn't really what he wanted to do. And there was a lot of days when he was frustrated and hated getting out of bed in the morning and facing up to the day's work. And then one day he didn't have to do that anymore. He went into work, and a few hours later he rang me and said that he had been made redundant. He no longer had a job. He came home. And he thought, "What am I going to do next? I haven't got any money coming in. I have a big family to support." It was scary at first. We worried, and then we stopped worrying. We started trusting. We started to look at the redundancy as a wonderful opportunity for Andy to do something else, to do something that he really wanted to do. So I suggested that he went back to uni. And did his masters of teaching, and his eyes lit up. And then he said, "No, I can't do that. That'll take a lot of time and a lot of money, and I ought to get a job straight away." And he started to apply for the same sort of jobs. But I persisted. I said, "Andy, you have given so many years to our family. 
We have enough money for now. I think it's time that you spend time, money and effort on yourself. We will support you. So we all got together as a family and we all urged him to follow his dream. And he did. He went back to uni for a couple of years. I think he did the course in one and a half years. And we lived frugally for a while. And he qualified as a teacher. He was a Dean's Medalist. He was really interested in his subject. And that medal proved it. Yes, he got really involved with all the assignments. He was on a mission. So my husband Andy is a school teacher, a primary school teacher. This must be his seventh or eighth year of being a teacher. And yes, the job is not without its frustrations and its challenges, especially when Andy is in the school system and we are unschoolers. But he is doing worthwhile work. He's working with kids who will never have the opportunity to be homeschoolers, who will certainly never be unschoolers. Andy has a mission in life and he's out there fulfilling it. Maybe he wouldn't have had the courage to have changed pathways without having the rug pulled out from under his feet, without being made redundant. I don't know. Maybe he would have got to that point eventually. But anyway, it was made easier for him. Easier. Sometimes I think we have to trust. Yes, we can't see the pathway ahead of us. We trust our kids or we try to trust them when we're unschooling. Sometimes we need to trust ourselves as well. Perhaps nobody has trusted us in the past. We have to trust ourselves now. Now Andy was a great example of learning for our kids. He was a great example of living life with trust, following his dreams. And as I said, we helped each other. We supported and encouraged each other. It was a great time of our lives, actually, that couple of years. Our home was a hub of learning. We talked about ideas and possibilities. We all worked really hard. We used to gather at morning tea time, afternoon tea time, and say such things as, what have you been working on this morning? Tell me about it. We used to get excited for each other. Learning is enjoyable, and it's so very, very necessary. We have to keep learning our whole lives long. We have to keep being creative, keep coming up with new ideas, new ideas that will affect our families, will affect other people, will change the world in big ways or small ones. Who knows where our ideas will lead? I just love discussing ideas with my children, with my husband. It is such a delicious feeling to have a new idea, to ponder it. Maybe the idea will be rejected. Maybe it will develop into something different. Maybe it will come to fulfillment. Something wonderful may happen. And so yesterday afternoon, Imogen and I were talking about this idea of applying unschooling to adults encouraging adults to get involved with unschooling in their own lives, for their own dreams, their passions and ideas. And of course, that will influence the unschooling of any children. It's all wrapped up together, I think. We are going through life 
together, adults and children, we are all learning. We all have talents that we have to develop. We all have missions. We all must connect together, help, support and encourage each other. We all must enjoy each other, have fun together. Yes, unschooling isn't just for children. It isn't just for homeschoolers. It's for everyone. Everyone can be an unschooler. Maybe everyone should be an unschooler. Because it's not just about developing those talents. Along the way also, as I've said, we've got to keep trusting. We've got to keep learning. We've got to keep respecting. We've got to keep loving unconditionally. All the things that I talk about which are so necessary for our families, for our kids. Everybody should be doing this, I feel. It shouldn't be just unschoolers who are loving unconditionally. Unschoolers who are respecting each other, respecting children, respecting other adults, who are listening and have good communication skills. We all should be doing this. It's important for everyone in the world, I feel, to live an unschooling way of life. Whether people go to school or go to work or whatever they do, there's always room, I think, for some unschooling in everyone's lives. I don't know if I explained that very well, but maybe you could stop by my blog and give me your own ideas. Maybe we can continue the conversation. Tell me your thoughts about it, what you would like to do in your life, what your talents are, how those talents are going to affect your kids and other people, whether you are following your dreams. Well, I'm following a few of my dreams. When I was a child, I wrote stories. I had a box, a cardboard grocery box, hidden in the bottom of my wardrobe, and it was full of bits of paper with lots and lots of scribbles on them. They were all the start of stories. Most of them were fairy tale stories, princess stories. I used to start a story, but I never got to the end of any of them, and I never shared them with anyone, because I thought people would think I was silly. When I went to bed, I would lie in the dark, composing stories in my head. That's the way I went to sleep, every single night. Yes, I wanted to be an author, write stories. But somehow, I got pushed along the sensible pathway of going to university and doing a science degree. I didn't think it was possible for me to go to university and study English and then maybe be an author later on. Nobody ever said to me, Hey Sue, you could be an author. You can write. I do remember an English teacher who once praised some of my work but she was just one person in my life and she was there for a very short time. My talents weren't very important. Getting a sensible job was. But look at me now. Here I am. I've been a blogger now since, oh, I don't know, about seven years. I have written three books. They might not be best-selling books, but I do know from feedback that they have affected a few people's lives. I've brought a bit of pleasure to some children's lives through my stories. I've helped a few bereaved parents through my grief book. Maybe the same can be said about my grief blog. And then every now and then, somebody very kind stops by my unschooling blog and thanks me 
for sharing my thoughts and my experiences. Yes, even in a small way, I am writing, and that's what I enjoy doing. I could be a better writer, but that's one of the things I've been thinking about, about developing this talent, learning more about it, practicing. Who knows what I'll do in the future? So maybe on my new blog, the one I told you about last week, the blank blog like a blank journal, I might write about some of these things. I'm going to let the idea just percolate for a little bit longer because I'm known for rushing in too early and then changing my mind. But I don't think it hurts to ponder ideas, to talk about them with other people, see if they will lead to anything interesting. In the meantime, I'm continuing to have some quiet time because I think everybody needs that. I don't know what's going on beneath the surface in my subconscious. One day I might wake up and say, hey, I know exactly what I'm going to do and then get on and do it. Also, I do think that God speaks to us in the quiet moments. And I've been really too busy to listen very carefully. I keep saying, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I going to be doing next? And then forgetting to be quiet and listen. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. So, what if I did write about unschooling for everyone? Perhaps I'd need to change my catchphrase, my tagline. Unschooling is for everyone. Anyone can be an unschooler. Everyone should be an unschooler. What do you think? I'd love to hear your ideas. Last week I was talking about the internet again, computer time, and social media. I had another idea in the week about why we are so keen to get likes, for example, on Facebook. Why do those likes make us feel so good, even if only for a minute or two? Why do we go looking for them? Why aren't we happy as we are? Why do we need other people to say, hey, I like you, or that was good, or you did a good job there? As I told you last week, software developers are taking advantage of our need for likes and for feedback from other people. They are developing the software which they hope will keep us online, will keep us going back for more. But I think the condition for wanting likes existed before software developers started taking advantage of us. They're just recognizing a need within us. Why do we have that need? And why do my kids not have a need for likes? Why do they not care about such things as how many friends they have on Facebook? Why don't they check their notifications? Why haven't they got their eyes glued on their phones? Well, actually, only two of my children actually have phones, of the girls, that is, of my four at-home girls. Sophie and Imogen have phones because they work and they're often away from home. Charlotte... And Jim Rose are just not interested in having a phone, so they don't have one. So, these are a few of my thoughts. Whether they are sensible thoughts, I don't know. You can let me know what you think. Do we get conditioned to do things for rewards by going through the school system? Yeah, we go through the school system. We're offered gold stars and grades. Everything we do is 
assessed by somebody else. We tend to think of ourselves by somebody else's opinion. You did a great job there. Look, you've got the gold star for the week. And then we smile and think, hey, we must be good at this, or we must be a good person. We're doing things for rewards, whether that's a grade or some other kind of reward. And if we don't do so well, we don't think much of ourselves. We're failing. People tell us, that wasn't good enough. You've got to do better. We compare ourselves with other people. Also, the social side of school. Popular is good. Some people are popular, others aren't. Some are the cool kids. I never was. I described myself as a fringe dweller. I stood on the sidelines with all the other unpopular people, and this affected the way I felt about myself. I was never going to be best friends with the most popular girl in the class. She didn't even look at me. I suspect she didn't know I existed. So if our kids don't go through the school system, have they got a better chance of not being affected by such things as social media, about all the likes and the notifications, all that type of thing? Do they value who they are for themselves? Are they confident? Do they know that they are good people? Will they do things regardless of whether they're going to get a like or a gold star or a good grade? Do they take interest in things for their own sakes? Maybe. I wonder about homeschooling, though. Structured homeschooling, in many ways, is built along the same lines as school. And I have observed homeschooling children get into the popular and unpopular mindset. So this is just another thought. My daughter Gemma Rose is 13, and when she turned 13, we all turned around and said, Are you going to join Facebook now? She said, oh no, I've watched mum on Facebook. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I think she's very sensible. The last thought I want to share with you today is to do with connection. We were talking about connection last week, how when we are really connected with our kids, they will turn to us the most important people in their lives for guidance and how we can share things that are of importance to us with our kids if we have strong bonds with them. I think I did a podcast a while ago about connections, about how we can become connected with our kids. I will look up the episode number and add it to the show notes in case you are interested in listening. But I was thinking about how certain things that parents do or say can get in the way of being connected. How they are a barrier. Now, some time ago, or quite a few months ago, in my Facebook feed, I saw a video that was posted by a friend. And it was a video done by a very popular parenting vlogger. She was talking about how parents should be parents and not friends to their kids. She was encouraging parents to get tough, do their duty. Yes, not be soft and try and be a friend to their kids. And the video had thousands and thousands of likes. Obviously, the vlogger was saying something that many, many parents wanted to hear. Maybe they didn't have the courage to say it themselves, but there is this very popular vlogger out there saying it, and now they're all coming out and liking her videos. My first thought was that 
my ideas about parenting are so very, very different to my friends. This particular friend had posted this video and some of my other friends had liked it. And I, of course, couldn't like it. I thought, do they know that I parent in such a different way? And for a fleeting moment, I thought, am I right? Perhaps they're right. But that didn't last very long. I watched the video because I was curious to see what the woman had to say. And then afterwards, I pondered her ideas. The vlogger demands obedience from her children. She's the parent. The children are the children. They do what she says. No questions asked. It makes life simple. You do this. You do that. Why? Because I'm the parent and you're the child. Just go and do it. I don't want to hear any more about it. You just go and do what I've asked you to do. And when we say those things, if our kids obey, of course, it does make life easier. We don't have to look for another way to get our kids to do all the things we feel they should be doing. Mostly, I guess, it's doing the chores. How easy life would be if all we had to do was open our mouths, tell our kids what we wanted of them, and then they obeyed us. And this is what a lot of parents feel that they should be doing. I understand the situation. Years ago, when I was really tired with toddlers and babies, I just wanted my kids to do what I felt was the right thing, without any arguments. Just go and do it. I was too tired to think of a different way of getting them to do things, like making things into a game, trying to bribe them, trying to find a pleasurable way for them to cooperate with me. I mean, I resorted to threats, I resorted to a lot of things, consequences, in my attempts to get my kids to do what I felt was the right thing for them to do. Yes, I just wanted them to go and do it now because I say. So I understand that. I understand the need. Parents get tired. Is there another way? Well, I think the other way is what unschoolers are doing. It's not an easy way. We have to build up the connections between us and our children. Our kids need to do things not because we tell them, but because they feel that they are the right things to do. They have to be motivated to do the right thing from within themselves, not because their parents tell them. They have to do the right thing when we're not around, when we're not there with the rewards or the punishments or whatever, that we can trust them to do what is the right thing to do all the time. That they want to do the right thing. I think that is the important thing. That they know what the right thing to do is and they want to do it, whether it's a pleasurable thing or not. This is the goal. Of course, we have to become connected, put in all the effort, love unconditionally, trust, respect, spend time with our kids, be good examples. All those things I talked about in the podcast about being connected which I won't repeat, but I have another thought about that. I was thinking that the way this vlogger approaches parenting is actually getting in the way of being connected. And maybe she doesn't want to be connected. She said that there's plenty of time to be friends with our kids once they're grown up. And I wonder about that. Maybe we only become friends with our own parents once we become parents ourselves, when we realize how difficult parenting is and then we do the same things as our parents and we say the same things and then we have some sort of 
connection with our parents by going through the same sort of situations. We commiserate with each other. We encourage each other. But wouldn't it be lovely to be friends with our kids from day one? And I do think that our kids need us to be friends with them. When anybody goes through a difficult time or wants some guidance or just wants somebody to talk to, who do they turn to? They look for a trusted friend. If we're not that friend for our kids, they will go looking elsewhere for a friend. I want to be that friend for my kids, and I am. So being connected isn't too much trouble as far as I can see. I want to be connected with my kids right now, be friends with them, have that connection with them right now so that I can pass on to them all the beliefs and values that I feel are important. Of course, pass them on in a way that they are free to reject or accept. But being connected, I think there's a pretty good chance that they're going to listen. Because of course, being connected, I have to listen to them. It's not a one-sided thing. But anyway, back to the vlogger. She was saying such things as, I'm the parent and you're the child. You do this because I say so. I don't want to hear any more about it. Have you ever had those words said to you? I have. It's frustrating, isn't it, when you're not allowed to open your mouth and say what you feel, to share what's inside of you, to be shut up. We learn that we can't talk to our parents about anything. They don't want to hear. They don't want to know us properly. And that is the barrier to being connected. So maybe we should avoid saying such things. Well, I think that's all I want to share with you today in this podcast, episode 107. In a few moments, I'm going to turn off my computer, pack up my mic again for another week. By now, all my girls will be ready for the day. Imogen is about to do another live stream video on her Facebook page, Imogen Elvis. If you'd like to go and watch that, you can do that. By the time you listen to this podcast, it will be in her archive on her Facebook page. Yes, Imogen Elvis. I think she's got all the girls with her. They'll all be chatting away about some topic. While they're doing that, I'm going to catch up with a bit of housework. And then when Jim Rose is finished helping Imogen, we're going to go out on an adventure. We've been doing this regularly with each other, one-on-one time with my youngest daughter. We're going out on this beautiful spring day to visit an open garden. We live in an area that has a lot of beautiful, large, private gardens. And in the springtime, many of them are open to the public. And we've never done this before. Well, to be honest, we've done it once before, but that was when Jim Rose was a baby. So maybe 12 years ago. And I suddenly thought a couple of days ago, it's open garden season. All the tourists will be arriving in our area. Perhaps we ought to be tourists in our own town. Let's go to an open garden. So we're going to one, and then we're going to have a picnic together. And I'm sure we're going to have a fantastic time. So it's time to say goodbye, I think. I'd like to invite you to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and have a browse through my archive. There are lots of posts on all kinds of unschooling topics, including the ones I've talked about today. 
You can keep up with this podcast through iTunes or Podbean, and I also embed it on my blog. If you go over to Podbean, if you're a Podbean follower, you will notice that I have updated my Podbean page. Yes, I gave it a whole new look. I think it looks rather nice. So go over there and have a look and see what you think. I would like to thank everybody who stopped by after last week's episode and left comments on my blog. And I would like to thank you for listening today. It is the school holidays here in New South Wales, Australia, beginning tomorrow. Yes, my husband Andy will be on holiday for two weeks. So this is probably the last episode I will do until the start of the new school term. Yes, I'm having a break of two weeks. I know I've only been back two weeks, but that's just the way it has worked out with the school terms. I hope you have a good couple of weeks. I'll be back very soon. But until then, don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally.